You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay. Millie's Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We want to thank you for making this part of your daily routine. It's Friday. You made it through your work week. Now you're either heading into the last day of your work week, maybe heading home from the last day of your work week, whatever it is, we're just happy that we're part of your day and we appreciate you making us part of it. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for MassLive.com, joined by the kid, Jay King, who covers the Celtics for The Athletic. We're going to talk about Game 3 coming up on this Friday night. Mook making some really fun comments about... Uh, uh, We've got beef. We've, We've got, got beef. <laughs> We've got some beef. Marcus Smart dunked in practice. We're going to talk about that. And uh, let's start with a serious topic. Danny Ainge. I walked into the Celtics practice facility. As I got off the elevator, I pull out my phone, and there's a release saying Danny Ainge has suffered a mild heart attack, uh, which was just a shocking way to start the day for uh, everybody around that practice facility. The team kind of got briefed before practice. And uh, the good thing is, mild heart attack, uh, not something that's going to uh, take a particularly long time, the way it was characterized to recover. He's comfortable. He's healthy. He's going to be okay. And, uh, but, uh, you know, just, just shocking his second heart attack. And look, I, I know it's very serious. My dad has had like four or five, five lost count heart attacks. It's, it's a serious thing. And each time it just, it's sobering and, and it's very difficult, but, uh, it's good to hear Jay that Danny's okay. Very good to hear he's okay. It's particularly troubling because he had one 10 years ago. Yeah. And so this is his second heart attack now. And that's just scary. Like to, to me, like any heart issue is very scary. Two heart attacks, incredibly scary. Whether they say it's mild or not, like there's no such thing as a mild heart attack. Like that's a heart attack. <laughs> and, and so I'm very happy that he's, he's okay. And it seems like, He's going to make a full recovery. That that's what everybody said. Um, no matter the severity of the heart attack, like that's just a frightening thing. And the more people you talk to within the Celtics, like it, it was a tense few days for the people who knew that Danny Age had suffered that. And not everyone knew. The players just found out before practice today, which. Uh, I think it happened on Tuesday. So two days later, the 
the players found out, but did it happen on those Tuesday? who knew, I knew that it happened before the game. I didn't know whether I don't know if I don't know if it was exactly Tuesday. It could have happened Monday, but it was before the game on Tuesday. Yeah, um, and those who knew, like it was, it was a, a frightening time, and everyone's very happy that that he seems to be okay, and it's just scary. And honestly, like when you think about the stress that goes into being a GM and all of that. And obviously like this is a second, second heart attack. Um, I know after the first one, he tried to lose some weight, get healthier, eat better, have a better diet. And you, you wonder how he'll react to this and, and how everything will, will kind of shake out. But the, the most important thing, the only important thing, is that it sounds like he'll be okay. Yeah. And at this at this stage, like, there's literally nothing else that matters. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, look, again, I said, I've got personal experience with loved ones having heart attacks, and it's the, – the, the problem is that you've got a lifetime of habits, and the, the heart attack scares the shit out of you for a while, and you, you, you fly into this, like, I'm going to get healthy and all this other stuff, and then life just continues. And – Danny Ainge just works all the time. This is the life of an NBA GM. You wake up, you go to sleep, and in between, it's all about calling other teams, talking to players, being being just active through phone calls and, and just working it like, who are we going to trade for? Who do we want to trade for? Who do we want to draft? It's the pre-draft process now. It's not like Danny Ainge is out there getting an hour and a half workout in he's he's probably very busy and and sits a lot and it's it's a scary thing to to have to uh look at the life that you're living and say this is this is being this is very dangerous for me so it's uh hopefully hopefully it does something to kind of shift i don't want to say it that way Uh, hopefully hopefully this becomes a, a thing that just allows him to uh, whatever it is he needs to do to get healthy allows him to do that. So we'll just leave that at that. I will say Milwaukee is probably the best place that you could go have a heart attack. Those guys, they do nothing but drink beer, eat, eat meat and cheese all day in Wisconsin. Like if, if there's any place that knows how to deal with heart issues, it's the doctors in Milwaukee and around Wisconsin. They probably have a ton of experience with uh, cardiology over there, so he's in very good hands. So uh, happy that he's going to be okay. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, why don't we take a break, leave that stuff behind. We'll, take, uh, we'll come back. Marcus Smart has uh, really seemingly progressed to a point where he has a lot of people thinking he's going to be coming back soon. I don't know how soon he's actually going to come back, but we'll talk about that after the break. All of you new listeners, you can give us a follow, a subscription on the Himalaya podcast app. Go ahead and download that. It's a great app that curates your feeds and gives you suggested things that you should listen to. So subscribe to Locked On Celtics and get a very good podcast experience for that. Of course, wherever podcasts exist, we exist. And you can tell your smart device in your car to play podcast Locked On Celtics. Do that. And we'll be right back on the Locked On Celtics podcast. 
Today was a madhouse at the Boston Celtics practice facility with all of the news crews and everybody coming in to talk about Danny Ainge. In the midst of it, Marcus Smart's out there working out and he's going through dribbling drills. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he throws down a dunk, which was... Yeah, that was out of nowhere. It was completely out I of was nowhere. So, I was so mad because I, I videotaped every other part of his workout ah. and then put it down for one second, and he went up and dunked with the left hand. And I was like, what the hell, Marcus? Yeah. You know who was recording when that was happening? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I didn't retweet you, though. <laughs> no, you did not. You did not. Yeah. You petty son of a bitch. <laughs> So here's here's the funny thing. So I tweeted out the video. So did you see his other dunk? I didn't see the other what other dunk. I, I knew he, he, was, he had he had, a, he had a reverse dunk. Like oh, he, he I went up the reverse. He dunk. went up reverse. It was like a twisting reverse dunk, and uh, I missed that one too. That was the second time I stopped recording. That one I missed. That one I definitely missed because I didn't even see it. Never mind, record it. Uh, yeah. What's funny is. I wrote a story on Mass Live about Marcus Smart's recovery. Like everybody writes a story because you know he spoke to the media. The tweet is still like getting retweeted. Like it's it's completely like Marcus Smart dunking is that's gone viral. Everybody's picked it up. I put out the story and like nobody's reading this story. The tweet's going crazy. The story's getting no traction for some reason. <laughs> once, once once you see the video, what else matters? What else matters? I guess you know. Yeah. I, but what am I gonna do? Hold the video and not tweet that out? Uh, so whatever. Yeah. Hopefully my bosses appreciate likes and retweets as part of my, uh, my whole, uh, evaluation. So God bless Jim and Ed, man. <laughs> I love those guys. They're great. They're great. And I, I'm going to keep saying how great they are in hopes that they accept the retweets and likes as part of my viewership goals and readership goals. Anyway, Marcus smarts out there dunking. He talked about his recovery. This is the next step. There's still another step. He still hasn't gone through five on five. He still hasn't gone through full contact. So each bit that we tweet out, we go out there and Brad Stevens, I think was talking directly to like me and you when he said in Milwaukee, like, Oh yeah, Marcus smarts recovery is great for tweets and stuff like that, but we don't have a timeline for it. And today Marcus smart reiterated, we don't have a timeline for it as great as this stuff looks. There's still no, like one day, five days, ten days. Like we don't, we still don't know when he's going to be coming back, Jay. But it's very clear he's made a whole lot of progress. A lot of it, yes. Yeah, like what was it a week ago? He was just gingerly shooting, like barely getting off the ground, if that. Yeah. Well, and... yeah, a week ago, yeah, and then like two days later he was sprinting, and now three days later he's. He was dunking and playing one-on-one with assistant coach Alex Barlow. And so he's made a whole lot of progress. I don't know what that means for the rest of the series. I don't know whether that means maybe game four, maybe game five, maybe later. But it's very clear he's made a lot of progress. And he has probably exceeded expectations from the Celtics for what he would be doing at this stage. And he's dunking. The <laughs> mark is smart. As, as my, my boy, Dave DeFore likes to say, Wolverine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a very apt description. 
Um, Brad Stevens always said that four weeks would be aggressive. Four weeks is Sunday. He's not going to play in game three. I would. Be- but will four weeks and one day be aggressive? Though? <laughs> I would be surprised, shocked if he's in game four. Um, I I said previously that I would be shocked if he was in this series at all. Now, now you're now you're pulling it back. Now, now you're pulling be, it back. I'm gonna I'm gonna downgrade from I would be shocked to I would be surprised. Like not shocked, but it'd be surprising. So it's still five weeks is next Sunday, and that's the day before game seven. And so if this thing goes seven, we might see Marcus Smart back for that. That's that's where I'm sitting right now that it's possible we'll see him for a game seven i don't think we'd see him in boston for games three and four i don't think we'll see him in milwaukee for game five game six i'm on the fence game seven i'm more hopeful i think he'll play in the series at some point i don't know when it'll be i don't know how late it'll be but my guess is marcus smart at some point will play in the series um, you know, at this, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised if he does because Marcus Smart has just an extreme Wolverine number. tendencies. He does. He does. Uh, without giving too much away, I did speak to Marcus Smart and Jay Larinaga for a story that I've been working on for a while. And plug, plug, plug that for a story that's not published yet. Um, it should have, but it published. will be published at some point. It will be. It should have been published already. And if Marcus Smart wasn't injured, it would have been published. And now that he is injured, I have another chapter to the story. And so that will be added to it and hopefully published within the next few days. So, God, man, this story has been forever. So I, I in talking to those two, by the way, Larry Nager turned to me and goes, so when does the book come out? You've talked to us so much. Um, that 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 is fair. Fair question. Yeah, it's a fair question because I've talked to them like five different times. But in talking to them without giving the quote away, Larinaga did express that Marcus Smart does so much throughout the season to be prepared and to keep his body healthy. And, and in the dog days of January, when no one has the energy to do certain things, Marcus Smart is out there doing things at full speed, full strength, full energy. So it's that level of preparation for Marcus Smart, that level level of dedication for Marcus Smart that they say allows him to recover from things better than other players. He just gets himself to a place that also also he's Wolverine. Also he's Wolverine. Yes, we didn't get into the Wolverine <laughs> thing. That can be your angle to the story. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, Marcus Smart works his ass off. He just works his ass off. And even in this recovery, so, okay, so he can't twist. So he'll get on the bike and he'll, he'll continue to shoot and keep his, his form tight and, and make sure the ball is coming off his hand the, the, the right way. Um, uh, all of those little things that even though he can't do certain things, he's going to find out exactly what he can do. And then he's going to do that. And it may not be a lot. But it's something. Rather than doing nothing, he's doing something. And that's important to Marcus Smart's recovery. And it also helps that, you know, when you're in your mid-20s, your body heals from something like that. If I tore my oblique 
today it would take me three months. Especially if you're Wolverine. Especially if you're Wolverine. (laughs) I would need to have an oblique before I could tear one myself. Uh, So we'll see what happens with Marcus Smart. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in very much danger of tearing my abs. Yeah, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, no, those are there's those are pretty flexible, aka flabby <laughs> for me, uh, aka non-existent, non-existent for the kid. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Marcus Smart will be coming back at some point, maybe in this series, and hopefully the Celtics could advance to uh, the next round, and Marcus Smart will be in that. Wonder who they might play in the next round. Why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about Game 3? Why don't we talk about Mook when we come back after the Mook? Marcus Morris is a national treasure, so... Let's just let's just put that out there, and, and that's a statement of fact. That's not an opinion. He is a national treasure, and it's something. Maybe the one thing that I've learned on the beat more than anything, it's that Marcus Morris is a national treasure. So, Vince Goodwill talked to Giannis Antetokounmpo and said, Giannis said that you can play the limits of fouling. And saying that basically the Celtics are right at the edge of flagrant fouling him. And Sherrod Blakely of NBC Sports Boston talked to Mook, asked him about it. And Mook said, quote, flagrant fouling him, please. Borderline not fouling his ass with him getting calls. (laughs) I I will say... I wish I could do a Mook voice. I, I wouldn't even try to get it to do it justice, but man, that's funny. It would be very deep if you tried. It would be, yeah. I can't do it. It's deep. It's there's got an attitude to it that I can't match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, when I saw that quote, I was kind of stunned. Like, when is Giannis taking a hard foul in the series? He has not. He has not. It ha- It hasn't happened. No, they've they. In game one, they've they've allowed they allowed a little bit more in game one, uh, or let's flip it. And, I know a lot and of yes, are he, he could have he could have thought that some no calls should have been fouls in game one. There was no point where there was like flagrant contact, no. nope, or even remotely close to flagrant contact, nope. I, I thought in game in game two, it was called as basically as tight as the refs could call it, at least in the first half. Yeah. Both ways. It was they both ways, in. yeah. Both both teams were getting fouls. It was just a, a mockery of whistles to the point where it it ruined the flow of the game. Yeah. Uh, if Giannis is complaining about flagrant contact, then it's wrong. And I I think I think Mook is in the right here. God bless Marcus Morris at all times. But <laughs> <laughs> I think in this time, especially, he, he's in the right. Times. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I agree. I agree. There's been physicality, certainly. Horford, obviously, the Celtics have tried to play as big as possible on Giannis. They played Horford on him. They played Baines on him. They've only played centers on him. 
they they've tried to be physical and large and whatever, but at no point has there been excessive physicality. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I mean, and look, I'm a proponent of excessive physicality on Giannis. <laughs> like John, wa- John wants Mikhail out here laying laying you know, out clothesline. These these are the playoffs, man. You gotta you gotta go out there. I mean, obviously, I don't want blows to the head, but like I've said it before, if Baines gets gets Giannis and Giannis gets that step like he's almost always going to do, then foul him. Foul him hard. Foul the shit out of him. Make him earn those free throws. Don't hurt him. Don't try to hurt him. But like if you're gonna foul him, make him feel it. And that's just that's just the game. As far as I'm concerned, that's the game I always grew up with. You just in those situations, earn your two points and then go back and play defense. You want to foul somebody and make them earn their two points, that's fine. We both get it. Like Both teams understand it's the playoffs. They allow more than they did during the regular season. They, and, and that's just uh, what allows players to go out and, and de- how, decide the game. Like Players go out and decide the game. So I'm not saying that fouls shouldn't be called, but they're – there's a little bit more physicality, a little bit more bodying, a little bit more, you know, just just a little push, little little shove, little elbow, little something. Not a big deal. That's that's fine. Wrap him up when he's going to go up. That's it. Don't let him get a shot off. No and ones. Nothing easy. Nothing at the rim. So, but nothing's been flagrant. But here's Mook saying, you know, telling truth, and and now we're going into game three in Boston. With this truth being told, and and there's beef. We'll see. We got beef. None of this beef happened in the first round. There was like very beef free. That's because it was the most boring series in the history of series. We'll call it the vegan series. Was devoid of beef. It was the most polite series in the history of the playoffs. Yes, and and like part of that is Brad Stevens who went. I mean, I've never seen a guy go as far out of his way to compliment a team. As, He's still complimenting the Pacers. I mean, still to this day, still halfway halfway through the second round, he's like, "Man, Pacers didn't get enough credit for their defense." Yeah, like he is extraordinarily complimentary of of the Pacers. Uh, so, but yeah, that's I never expect a coach to talk much trash unless you're Greg Popovich, but. Um, or Steve Kerr gets some shots in, but, uh, Brad will never do it. But Brad with the Pacers is way over the top. It's funny. So, all right. So that's the moot comments. Uh, game three is tonight. We should talk about things that we might see in game three. And one thing I think that we might see in game three, one thing I hope to see in game three is, uh, Gordon Hayward getting more opportunities uh, as the primary ball handler in the second unit, I think Gordon Hayward getting more opportunities earlier in the first quarter. It's it's time to pump up Gordon Hayward's minutes. It's time to get him up to like 35 to 38 minutes. I, I just think it's time to get him much more involved in this series. There's no smart. Terry Rozier can, can have his moments. Terry Rozier had a great first round doing what he was supposed to do. I think Hayward needs to come in earlier in the first quarter, be the primary ball handler, get Kyrie off the ball, take some of the pressure off of him, run some of the sets that the Celtics have run for him with 
like stagger screens off the ball, get him coming up, catching, turning, shooting threes. Uh, I, I think, especially against the switching defense, if they do switch, just get Hayward in there. More Hayward as the primary ball handler is is something the Celtics really should focus on. Facts, all facts, nothing but facts. <laughs> I got, I got hate. I got hate for saying I agree with you earlier. Then you did. Like I sounded like I was bored, so I had to bring. I had to bring that. I had to bring the the energy with it. Yeah, facts, all facts. Nothing but facts. It's okay to agree. It's okay. We can agree. This isn't sports yeah. talk radio. We're not Felger and Matz. Like, we're not supposed to fight. We're not supposed to, This isn't, like, first take or whatever bullshit. Like, it's, it's okay to say, okay, I agree. Next topic. Facts. All facts. <laughs> Is there any particular thing you're looking for, Jay? That I'm looking for? Yeah. Tonight? Yeah, I, I just wanted to call out that clown. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're past game three. That's it. We're, that's the, all the game three talk? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, got, I got no game three talk. I just want to call out this clown on Twitter. <laughs> All right, I got to I, I got to look look up his his at handle. Hold on. Okay, so while you do that, I'm going to set this up. Jay's going to yell at somebody on Twitter for not not giving him the credit after posting some kind of reference to a story of his. Yeah, at, at TGA D Hoops, who claims in his bio he's social for Bleacher Report. Uh huh. Tweeted, Kyrie saving his old high school should be a bigger story. Yeah. Took a screenshot of, took a screenshot of my story and then a photo of Kyrie when he was in high school mm-hmm. and, tw- and tweeted it. That's, that's great. That got you, you a know, lot of exposure. You know what would be cool? If, if you want it to be a bigger story, link to the fucking story, <laughs> pal. Like you're out here, you're out here claiming it should be a bigger story, and taking a screenshot because you want likes and you want retweets, clown ass bitch. <laughs> I, I've I've seen some tricks on Twitter. I've seen people who are out here for the likes and the retweets, and you, Thomas Duffy, are way up there. That was a clown ass move. I went on Twitter like three times. He didn't want to link me. And just a clown-ass bitch move, to be honest. Uh, so. That's that's a um, – that is – I agree. But if, 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 if anyone does want to read about Kyrie saving his old high school, yeah. it's on The Athletic. The story is on The Athletic where I wrote it. <laughs> and Yeah. It's funny. I really do think it's hilarious that he's like, this story should be a much bigger story Here's a picture screenshot of a quote picture of Kyrie. No link to the story that he thinks should be a bigger story. Yeah, um, he doesn't want it to be a bigger story. He no, just he wants, wants it to be a bleacher report. Like yeah. likes retweets, maybe some follows if he's lucky. Bleacher report. Bleacher report was built. I hate the way bleacher report was built. They were built on search engine manipulation they had a bunch of people writing a bunch of crap for no money. They just basically aggregate. They, they, they basically gamed Google search to just get a ton of hits and put their stuff at the top of every search result. And that got them a ton of 
page views and that got him a ton of advertising dollars. And it just, it was, it's, it was just all trickery. And now, and then they got big and then TN uh, Turner bought them out. And now, now they're legit. Now Bleacher is legit because they, they pay legit people to write legit stories for them, but their rise to the top was not legit. They're they're They gamed the system and they made it to the top. Congratulations. Um, but this is this is par for the course with Bleacher Report, so I, I'm not surprised. I, I don't want to lump all of them in with that. No, it's I'm not, it's not the people who work for Bleacher Report. It's the it's the people who created Bleacher Report. This is the culture of Bleacher Report. You know, that's that's what it is. That they they were like Bleacher Report was just a bunch of low-paid or uh, people who wrote crappy little things with enough keywords in them to put their links at the top of search results. And then they got a ton of traffic for that. And that's, that's, that's the game they played and they were good at that game. It's, it's like the James Harden. They were the James Harden of internet writing. Oh God, you and your James they Harden. Game, they game the system. They game the system. They, they they found a way to get to twenty free throws a game, and then now they're at the top. That's great. You you know what James Harden would have scored without any free throws this year? No, it's I'm just joking. I'm just joking. more than anyone else. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just joking. So anyway, that's uh that's that. I just saw Kevin O'Connor on NBC Sports Boston. Yeah, I didn't know he was in Boston, but I'm glad he is. I love God KOC, bless man. I'm so happy that KOC is a big deal now. That's awesome. Like he's, he's like the nicest person I've ever met. He is like genuinely cool. Like I, I gotta be like him, Zach Lowe, like former Celtics blogger people who are just I'm thrilled that they're like the big deals. That's just awesome. So Yeah, including your, including you, man. No, please. Please. I just act I'm just saying. Look, I, I, KOC is doing work for the ringer and is on NBC sports boss. And Zach Lowe is the best writer in the business tonight. I wrote a piece about Ben Simmons elbowing Kyle Lowry in the nuts. So I think I'm a few rungs down below those guys. To be fair, that's an important story. <laughs> it's a, yeah, no, it's a big story. <laughs> Speaking of trying to game search results to get page views. All right. That's it. That's it. Speaking of that game. Speaking of that game, Jay. Yeah. Philly won that game. Philly. Philly did. Philly, Philly did win that game. Philly. <laughs> this is, I forgot this is how we were supposed to end off. Yes, Philly now up two one. I bet the Celtics would be pretty excited if the 76ers won that series. Just saying. Just saying. They match up pretty well. Just, just saying. Just saying. Wouldn't it be great if the Raptors shit them their pants? And they might. Sixers and the the Celtics Celtics Sixers in the conference finals. Oh my God! I mean, look, I, I will say on a on a personal level, I'd love to go to Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. I think covering a series in Toronto would be a lot of fun. I've uh, never been to Toronto when it's more than like zero degrees out. <laughs> so I, I would also like to go to Toronto. Toronto in May. I'm sure is beautiful. Celtics Sixers for the conference finals would be. Absolutely just amazing. Uh, my favorite trip was in Philly. It was not the last game in Philly. It was the one prior to that where the Celtics won. It was without Kyrie where they won. And uh, 
that atmosphere was so awesome. Like, I loved the energy in that building. I love road anger energy. That's my favorite energy in basketball. I'd rather be in a hostile road environment than a home environment. Okay, I, I will say the Philadelphia is hostile to everyone. Yeah. But- and that's, that's what I love about Philadelphia. Like, I was there in the preseason when they were booing Markel Fultz. It was like his second preseason <laughs> game ever, and they were booing him. And then, I, I mean, it's baseball, granted, but it's still Philadelphia. They've been booing Bryce Harper lately, is from what I've read. Yeah. Which, classic Philadelphia. Like, Philadelphia is just, they're mean fans, man. They they're are. mean. They are. And I, I respect it. I respect it. They demand a lot. I would never want to play for a Philly team, but I... I would. I would. Because if you fuck up, they'll let you know. Yeah. If you If you kill... They will roar behind you. Yeah, but they will turn on you like an instant. You could be killing for three quarters and, and then suck in the fourth quarter, and they will kill you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you deserve to get killed. Sure. But I would love, like, my my favorite thing is road hate. Like, I love road hate. My favorite thing is to shut up a road crowd. The home crowd is supposed to cheer for you, like, no matter what. The Celtics in game three could be down 50 in the third quarter. And at some point there will be a let's go Celtics chant because that's what the fans are supposed to do. What I want to be and what I always loved being was when you're in a road hostile environment in a place like Philly, like I would kill to have played in Philly as an opponent because shutting those fans up is just one of the best feelings in the world. It's like fucking orgasmic to just play so well that you shut up a hostile crowd like that. That's just beautiful. And I love, I love that energy. Yeah. You, you need to calm down a little bit. No, go, 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 go hop in a cold shower, man. No, man. That's the best. That's the best feeling in the world. Cold shower for crowds. <laughs> the Celtics will uh, very much enjoy facing the Sixers. If that comes to pass. We'll see. Still a lot of basketball left. The Celtics are still tied 1-1, so they have to get out of their series with the Bucks. and we'll see what happens with the Raptors and the Sixers as that series continues. It's 2-1 Philly now, so a ton of basketball left. We'll be talking about it here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast, so go ahead and give us that subscription. Do it on the Himalaya podcast app, Google Play, uh, Locked, uh, whatever, what is it, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts exist, we're here. Search for Lockdown Celtics. Go into your car or in your home on your smart device. If you got one of those Amazon Echo things that you can yell at to turn on a bedroom light, you can say, hey, play podcast Locked On Celtics, and it'll do it. All of you regular listeners, give us that five-star rating and a yeah. good review. You know that's how I turn on my lights, baby. <laughs> I know it is. Uh, all you regular listeners, share the podcast, spread the word. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on Celtics. Millies. More importantly, did you win the game? Uh, so <laughs> I guess that's a no. We, no, 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 no. So we ended up playing each other. It was oh. a forfeit. Oh, okay. All right. All right cool. Yeah. So I always just, love those. I always love those. We just had played pickup, essentially. Um. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So with that, Echo, turn on bedroom lamp. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
That's hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah. It's ridiculous you just yell turn on bedroom lamp. 